Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today I'd like to welcome Dana Shelpo. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a, uh, um, now that you've, you know, I know you've relocated to Florida. It sounds like the kids are back in school. Um, and one of the interesting things I read on your, on your website is you describe yourself as living proof that you can change your life. And that's, that's always something that I think people think about, but can you share a pivotal moment in your journey that solidified that belief for you? So there's a few. So I've actually changed my life a, a few times before, to be exact. Um, wow. And I'm 39. So about every decade, I think I get this itch to just totally up and change everything. Um, but most recently, it was this big move and total life change mm-hmm. um, that I thought was going to be easy breezy. It's going to be awesome. You know, everything's going to be perfect. And it, it was, it was, it's been kind of harder than I had expected, but it's all good. I don't regret any of it. But I um, went to my husband and I said, you know, we need to move to Florida so we can put our children in this certain school. And, you know, I won't even get into that whole topic about the school system, but that's why we chose to move from Colorado to Florida. Kudos um, to you. Thank you. And um, we, ha- we had four businesses that we were running together and we sold everything, the businesses, our house, 80% of our belongings um, and road tripped out to Florida. And we lived in an RV for about three months until we really decided where we wanted to live. Um, Because when we moved in Colorado, we actually bought our house sight unseen. And I said, I would never do that again. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why we lived in the RV for a little bit, um, sure. just to get a feel for the town. And it's a lot smaller than I had realized, um, a lot smaller than Grand Junction. Um, but everybody's very, very nice in Florida. Um, everybody is like very talkative. And so that's a nice change. Um, not that people aren't in Colorado, but it's just a different vibe here. Um, but yeah, I, I actually work with a nonprofit now, so, um, I'm freelancing for them, but I'm basically the director of everything right now. So I wear all hats in the nonprofit as well as pretty much at home. You know, my husband is awesome and he helps a lot with the kids and Mm -hmm. cooking and cleaning and all of the household chores so that I can, um, do all the things that I need to do. And then he actually started, um, working as, um, just project manager. Um, so, I mean, just total life change from the last eight months, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. It's like, you can. Maybe don't do it all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> my advice. Yeah. Like, that's the first time I've done everything all at once, just completely changed everything. Um, but you can do it and it is possible. And it seems really scary, but you never know what's on the other side. And if it doesn't work, you just go back. Like that's the way I see it. And you know, my daughter, so I actually have a 22 year old daughter and she was in Colorado. She moved to Texas and I got questions of, 
oh my gosh, what is she going to do? What if it doesn't work? Or what if she's never been there before? I said, then she's coming back. Like, then it's fine. But she, how is she going to know if it's going to work if she doesn't do it? So that's how I see it. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned your 22 year old daughter, um, because our middle son, Jonathan, who's now 24, uh, he just, he was, you know, searching. And I think during our last talk, um, you know, he, he came to us and said, Hey, I got a job as an, as an IRS revenue agent. I'm moving to Minneapolis. We're like, what? Mm-hmm. And 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 he was actually the last person he's the last one that we thought would ever do that and he went he did it for almost 12 months he calls me i'm trying to think of the times maybe i don't think it was last december maybe it was maybe it's been then yeah i think it was last december he calls and said i quit i'm like whoa wait what he goes i've had enough i can't do this anymore and so kudos to your to your daughter, uh, you know, to, you know, move into Texas. Um, and, you know, and, and you're right. Our kids are resilient, no matter what the age are, they're, they're resilient, more resilient than what we are at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've had, so you, you touched on it. You've had multiple businesses and, mm-hmm. and I believe those were all in grand junction. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. So what drove you into so many different businesses from a, uh, printing, landscaping. Was it a childcare business too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how, how, how did, what drove you guys into those? Just, I mean, they're so diverse. I'm trying to, th- well, the printing <laughs> business would help, but I'm trying to think how childcare and landscaping go together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> so I, you know, so I have a 22 year old daughter. I was mm-hmm. previously married, uh, got divorced. I said, I'd never get married again, never have any more kids. Um, that all changed when I met my now husband and now we have two more children. They're six and almost four. And, um, when I found out I was pregnant again, I said, I want to stay home with my daughter. Like I want to stay home with this one because I was really, really young whenever I had my first child. And so I was actually in high school. So I had to go back to high school three weeks after I had her, mm-hmm. had to go get a job. Right. Like as it went from being, totally dependent to totally independent with a dependent. And so I just said, I'm not doing that again. And I'm going to actually spend all of this, these moments with my children, but I needed income. So I opened a childcare and that was the hardest job I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, it's really rewarding, Sure. but you're all the roles. And so I guess I'm doing that now with the nonprofit, but I'm not taking care of 12 children, five and under, which was a lot. (laughs) So, um, and it was in my home and I was working 50 hours a week plus, um, you know, with children in my Mm -hmm. home and cleaning and all that stuff. So that's how that got started. And then, um, my children, my two daughters are 16 years apart. And then after we had her, I told my husband, I said, well, we can't have two only children. So I had my son and he was like, okay, so you went from zero to two. And so that's a whole different topic to, again, changing your life completely. Um, (laughs) But um, then what happened was uh, we got a a cricket machine. It's just like a, you know, custom like 
you can cut vinyl out and you can do all this etching. You can do all these things, fun things. Oh, yes, yes. I know what that is. Yeah. So I just bought it just for fun. And then COVID happened and we can't do anything. So I just kept buying stuff and buying stuff. And I ended up buying so much stuff that I had to get an entire, it's called a dream cabinet. I don't know if anybody in your audience knows what that is, but it's this massive nine foot cabinet that holds all these materials. Um, and I just told my husband, I said, I have to turn this into a business. We have to start making money on this somehow. And so we did. So we turned it into a business, mainly just, you know, to start friends and family and say, how can you make these? And um, one of my friends actually, it was really fun what we did because it was all custom. And okay. so um, my friend came in and said, can you make our son's desk for school into a remote control, like an old school Nintendo remote control? And wow. so we did, it was like, it was this huge project. And that was the big aha moment of, we could really do something big with this because nobody's really making these massive projects with this. Right. So we turned it into this custom crafting business and we were, ending up making, you know, 10, 10 by 10 foot uh, tents for farmers markets with people's logos so that they could really stand out. And it just, it was a lot of fun. Um, but then, you know, with the whole move and moving into an RV, it was like, we can't take all this stuff. I mean, you could, you never say keep, but we could, but again, that was more storage, all the things. Right. Um, and then my husband did, it was sort of like landscaping. He, he actually worked on Facebook's uh, meta like sites. So he maintained the sites. And so we turned that into a business. So it was basically everything we were trying to do. We just turned it into a business. (laughs) And that's how it usually happens. Right. You know, you start, you start doing something as, you know, just on the side or you start a hobby and then it morphs into, you have that aha moment and then it morphs into a business. And one of the things I found interesting though you you mentioned that you enjoyed your businesses, but they weren't your true purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so help, help us understand how you discovered that true purpose and what advice would you give to others searching for theirs? So my big moment that I knew it wasn't my true purpose was I was feeling very tired, right? At the end mm-hmm. of it, I was it was not filling my cup up. Mm-hmm. And Um, in order for me to be there for my family, for my friends, for these children I was taking care of, I had to be fully present and happy. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of like, at the end of the week, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we just going to sit down and be tired because we're so exhausted from this week? Right. I had a house cleaner, which I uh, will be getting another one soon (laughs) because that is something I do not enjoy doing is cleaning the entire Um, house. Um, But I did, you know, I, I realized like, okay, we have... I, I started realizing time freedom mm-hmm. as well as financial freedom, right? Uh, just freedom altogether of, I felt like, you know, I was tied to my home. I could not leave. Oh, okay. Um, and so that was a big constraint on me. I'm just like, I need that flexibility. I need to call my own shots. And that's why I love working with this nonprofit because I have that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And um, the co-founders are absolutely incredible women that I look up to, and I, they're very, very inspiring. And I can still do what I want. I'm meeting amazing people. I'm getting this freedom, financial freedom, time freedom. We have these really deep conversations. Um, 
and that's really what I love doing. You can hear my children in the background. I can. No, that's yeah. I love that. No, that's that's I mean, that's what I love about doing these podcasts because I mean, you know, the kids are welcome for sure. Yeah. Um <laughs> because it's I mean, so so you talked about your inspiration, which is phenomenal. I mean, you realized that what a lot of business owners don't realize is that I am burned out or I am, I'm tired all the time. And because really the time is managing them versus the other way around. And so kudos to you for realizing that's not who you wanted to be. And you said it wasn't filling your cup, but it was pretty much draining your cup. Mm -hmm. And, um, but now you're really focused on, so looking at the founder, you know, the, the nonprofit that you're working with, you're really focused on building businesses um, specifically with moms. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, moms, because I can relate to moms. I've been a mom for over half my mm -hmm. life. Um, but really just mainly women that are looking for more, you know, um, moms are very hardworking. Mm -hmm. You know, they can do a lot. They wear a lot of hats. They can juggle a lot, but it's also very tiring. And so right. finding that balance of you know, finding that balance of I want, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be here with my children, but how mm -hmm. do I, how do I recharge my batteries? That was something right. I never did. Okay. And I'm still actually still working on it. Um, and, you know, so we actually moved on to a golf course and last night somebody said, what do you like to do for fun? And I said, oh, I don't know. It's just, I've been so busy. I, you know, you can forget. And again, right. I get in that, that rut of, oh my gosh, I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I'm not filling my cup. And I said, I really like to golf. And he said, yeah, did you forget where you moved? <laughs> it's your backyard. <laughs> I said, I, nice. I guess I did, you know? And so it's just like my advice to anybody that's really as you know, an entrepreneur in business is carve out that time mm -hmm. for yourself, for your family, for your spouse, um, because you can get so lost in the day-to-day -day tasks. And then you're back in that, position right and and knowing your limits of saying you know i don't really want to clean the house so i'm going to hire a house cleaner like that for you know maybe financially doesn't make sense but mentally it makes a lot of sense well and i think that's it's interesting you you say that because mental health is is so important um and you know knowing what your limits are knowing what where and you know how you need help i mean i um my bride maria she was a fun i mean house cleaning was like it, it was i've got a funny story i'll just i'll quickly recap it but my brother-in-law came out to visit us and and maria's house was impeccable before we moved to to out to washington state and uh funny thing i don't know what oh it was a balloon so we had a ceiling fan going and he let a balloon go my brother my brother-in-law rick and it poof it knocked so much dust off that ceiling fan and it was hilarious because you know he's no longer with us but we always remember that that's a memory we have mm -hmm. and and so you're right when you realize hey i don't enjoy doing this anymore you know that i mean we have went through um house cleaners uh you know we trial and error, right? You know, you got kind of got to find mm -hmm. that right one, but it is such a time saver. Um, and so it's, um, 
it's great to hear that you didn't realize you lived on a golf course. Um, <laughs> but it was so you you talk about helping moms do this now moms who are raising kids that I agree with you on your website. It's one of, it's probably the hardest job ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and community is so important. Uh, and so how do you, um, how do you, how are you building that sense of community with, you know, your target specifically being with moms? How are you building that today to help them feel part of a community? So, it's just meeting, like meeting, meeting other moms, meeting other women, talking to them. Um, I actually met, met a woman and uh, she was very closed off. And I just started asking her about her. Right. And she reminded me of myself several okay. years ago of every answer was, I don't know. Like, what do you do for yourself? Nothing. Well, what do you like to do? I don't know we get so lost in raising our children and getting in that cycle of, I have to be there for them. I have to show up for them. I have to do all this. And you're just doing everything for everybody else that you totally lose yourself and the whole Mm -hmm. part of it. And I loved talking to this mom because she started lighting up. I was like, you gotta like, you gotta like something, right? Like you gotta enjoy something. And she finally was like, you know what? I really like to crochet. And I was like, well, guess who else does? My husband. <laughs> I was like, nice. It was very funny, but um, we laughed. And, you know, I said, well, just do that. You know, just start doing it whenever at night, like it'll start waking you up a little bit and finding more passions. And mm-hmm. then saying, no, I don't really like to do that. Like, I don't enjoy swimming, but my kids do. So I'll sit next to them, but you know, I watch them. Um, but it's <laughs> right, not something right. that I enjoy doing. So that's that's another one of the like bucket of I'm going to spend time with them. They enjoy doing it. I'm going mm-hmm. to spend that time with them. It's not something I really enjoy. So I'm going to make sure I carve some time out for myself to say I'm going to go hit some you know balls now that they are back in school and I can do that because I have that flexibility um, with the job that I've <clears throat> chosen. Right? It's not mm-hmm. my business, but like I said, the co-founders are absolutely incredible and I love working with them. Um, I actually was traveling and I got really sick and I didn't yeah. tell anybody. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody. Um, and I got on a meeting with them and one of them stopped right immediately. They said, are you okay? And I was sitting in the lobby of this hotel, getting ready to check into my room. So like, just lay down. I was, you know, and I said, actually, no, I'm not, I'm really sick. And they ended the entire meeting. They said, you are taking the next two days off. Do not do anything for the next two days because I need you for the rest of the week. And if I push you for five days, we're going to get maybe 20% of you. Mm. And just to have somebody in my corner, that's, you know, I mean, I'm freelancing and contracting, you know, so they're technically like, we're just working together. But for somebody somebody to say that, we're ending this, like go rest just that mental health piece and just that mm-hmm. validation of we need to be more supportive of other people in that in moms and stop. It's okay. Just take a breath. Like, it's okay that your kids are screaming. It's okay. Like it is, yes. <clears throat> you know, with my daughter being 22 out of the house, everybody says they grew up so fast. Like, I know, like I do know firsthand and these right. will all be memories at one point. And I have to remind myself of that, of that too. Sometimes when, 
just being a mom and have, having all the balls up in the air. And it's just like, this is going to be a memory of at one point, they're going to be off to college and be like, so quiet. Why is it so yeah. quiet in here? When you're like, oh, it's too loud, you know? So it's, it's finding that those being present in those moments and saying, like, you know, like making it fun too. Like we were doing homework right. last night and my daughter was kind of melting down she was trying to spell the word kid. She's in first grade, K-I-D. And she goes, well, all the other kids. And I was like, you just said it. <laughs> she's like, no, but all the other kids. And I said, you just said it again. What's the word? And she started laughing and, she's, and she nice. flew through the rest of it. You know, and so it's just like checking yourself and saying, okay, it's okay. It's just, yeah, it's, 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 and that's in everything, not just children, just life in general. Right, right. <laughs> that's right. I cried during homework too. I didn't enjoy it either, but. It's just a necessary. As a parent or the child, <laughs> both actually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, they, the, they, the the math curriculum changed. Mm -hmm. um, I don't exactly know when. Not with our oldest, but with our middle and and youngest. And and our kids are thirty four. Oh boy, I'm going to get this wrong. No, I'm going to get it right. Thirty four to twenty four and twenty two, I think. And they changed that math curriculum. So they brought their math home and we're like, uh, you know, and they would do the math problems and we're like, how'd you get that answer? And like, don't you have to show your work? He goes, well, well, yeah, we'll show it. And I'm like, okay, but how did you get, you know, how did you get from point A to point B? And we're like, you know, take yeah. me back to, take me back to algebra. I'll do that. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was so, yeah, we, I cried during both. Um, <laughs> but so the, so really with all these balls in the air, juggling these, I mean, moms are, are do struggle, uh, but you also talk about, you know, not only having that freedom of independence, but that financial freedom. Tell us a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. um, so the nonprofit that I work with is actually, it's called Women of Wealth. Mm -hmm. And they help women of all stages, ages, everything just get financially, build a financial foundation through mm -hmm. financial literacy. So um, the big thing why I can get behind this is because yes, we all wanna be financially free, but if you're not free in your mind and your time and your independence and your choices, mm -hmm. then what is the money? Nothing, right? It's just money, it's, it is what it is. Like if you can't spend it because you can't travel or you can't do the things you wanna do, then it's not worth it. And so it's it's really building it from the inside out and then learning, okay, let's get you out of debt. How okay, what's the best approach that we can take to get you out of debt? You know, let's let's tackle this one thing at a time. And then when you're debt free, you know, I spoke to somebody yesterday, she goes, I have one year left for my car and I'm not getting another one. I said, Exactly. Like I'm driving nice. this people comment, why are you still driving this car? Because I don't have a car payment. <laughs> like and it still works. So I'm good. Um Yep. And so, you know, it's just like changing that mindset around like financially free people think I need a million dollars to be financially free. No, not you don't like mm -hmm. would it be lovely. Yes, it would be nice. But um, but, you know, it's being debt free and, and not having a mortgage. And, you know, I have a really good friend. She's 75. She's my 75 year old best friend. Wow. And she just paid off her house and she goes, this is amazing. This feels so good at 75. But I'm like, OK, let's position ourselves so that we're not 75 and still have a mortgage, right? right? That's yeah. financial freedom. And then learning the, the skills of, 
you know, we call it financial fluency. So it's really understanding money. How does it work? What kind like moving your money to a different savings account? So you're earning more interest, like get, make your money work for you. Right. And then once you get a hold of that, then it starts, okay, let's start talking about some investments. Like what's the number one investment? It's real estate, right? But like right now, interest rates are high. So what we have to look at crowdfunding and syndication, and you know, so it's, it's this shift as you really grow through your mm-hmm. finance, your financial foundation of, all right, cool. I'm debt free. Now, what am I going to do with this money? Let's put start certain savings account. Let's start making money. What am I going to do with that interest? I'm going to put it somewhere else to make more money. I'm going to diversify. What is, how do I even do that? Well, you get with a group of people, in my case, of women that teach you these things that you can mm-hmm. have this open judgment free space to ask those questions and not feel like you're asking something dumb or I feel like I should know this. Right. It's like there's no dumb questions when it comes to finances. Like, what is a syndication? I had to Google it a few times to realize, you know, what is that exactly? And, you know, angel investing. Like, well, what is that? All these new terms that I had never heard of right. because I was taking right. care of children. Mm-hmm. Like, I had the money, but I didn't have the time. And so now it's like, how can we have both and still, you know, fulfill our, our, purpose and what we were, you know, sometimes it takes a long time. Why am I here? What am I doing here? Um, and in my case, I feel that that's, I can relate to a lot of people because of my journey that I've been on. Like I said, I've changed my life mm-hmm. four times. And um, actually when, what made me come to that realization of, of this like lifetime type view mm-hmm. is I was reading a book called the, the Midnight Library. And every like she she had decided that, you know, that's not the life that she wanted, but she didn't know what life she wanted. So every time she went to bed, she ha- she opened a different book of her life, a different chapter of her life and relived it. And the second she hesitated, she woke up like she was done. And that was like, OK, that's confirmation that that wasn't the path that you're supposed to be on. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've lived four lifetimes. Like I could tell you I've been completely not like a different person, but situation, right. everything four times now. And looking back on it, I don't regret anything because I learned from each situation. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, so it's just kind of looking at it in that perspective of like, you just don't regret anything, but you can change, you can morph, you can decide to do anything, anything different and to, to, to figure out your purpose and to find, you know, some people really love working at a department store. They love retail. Mm-hmm. They love working with people and, and fight, you know, shoving for their clothes. And, you know, like we need employees, we need CEOs, we need, we need entrepreneurs. We need everybody in this ecosystem for everybody to work. And some people are not meant to be employees and some people are not meant to be entrepreneurs. And so it's just finding that and then just elevating that, that person in that position to just say, this is this is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And if that changes, that changes. And that is OK. Well, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of folks don't realize that, you know, most of us don't care for change. And so when we think about a major life event that's impacted us, we we resist it. Right. So because it's like, oh, let's change or oh, let's change because we we've actually started talking about leaving Washington State. And I won't go into all the myriad of reasons why. Um, probably similar to what, why you ended up in Florida, but, um, it is that the minute I started 
throwing that idea out, I ran into a lot of resistance. And because it's um, for myself, change, you know, with my various background and things that I've done, um, you know, that's not how Maria has, you know, went through life. I mean, she, she was a stay at home mom before she jumped into childcare and teaching. She had a childcare business, which she hated because she was just overwhelmed all the time. I mean, she was just, you know, and, and, and you can't like, you can't, you know, she enjoyed the kid aspect of it. She didn't care for the business aspect of it. And mm-hmm. so the minute Dean threw out, Hey, what do you think about moving? It's like, so I, I, you know, I should have taken a little bit softer approach, but uh, so the, so for the folks, so for women that are listening, mm-hmm. you know, feeling that overwhelmed, feeling alone, what would be your message of hope and empowerment to them? And I mean, you've been talking about that for the entire, for our entire conversation, but what would you like to leave them with and where, um, yeah, what would you like to leave them with? Um, that's finding that connection, right? If you can always reach out to me, I'm always open to talk to people and can meet people. And like I said, judgment is not in my wheelhouse because you could look at my life and totally judge every aspect of it. And I don't care just because, you know, like it's, it's something that I just, I don't, it's not my place to judge anybody. And, um, there's a higher power for that. Right. Exactly. It's not my job. (laughs) So, um, you know, and, and, and actually I made a lot of really good friends through the childcare whether it was coaches or parents or, um, you know, it's just, there's one girl that I talk to all the time that, you know, I was there for her in a moment that she felt totally alone mm. and we became best friends in that moment. And it was just because I was just like, I was very concerned in that, in that moment for her. And I dropped everything. My husband took everything and he's incredible in that manner. of just like, I got this, you go take care of that. Nice. Um, and you just never know what's going to come out of it and just connecting and feeling feeling safe in the relationships that you are building mm-hmm. right like i used to think oh I, have, oh I have to have all these friends but then it's like where is the real connection like can i really rely on this person can i call them at any second and they'll be there for me do they really understand and it's finding those relationships mm-hmm. and if you can't then change your circle um I actually had somebody, and I know again, change, right? That's scary. Yeah. But I actually had somebody tell me um, one time, they said, you know, you were never the black sheep. You were just in the wrong circle. Oh, interesting. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, wow, I always thought there was something wrong with me, but I was just with the wrong people and making the wrong decisions and trying to show up for other people and not myself. And, you know, so that's why I was, oh, I don't know who I am. Well, it's because you're trying to be somebody that you're not. And and that is, I mean, that's powerful. Um, I mean, just because we, when we go to meet new people and we get involved in new communities where we're, you know, it's, uh, there's a song. I can't remember who sings it. It's a Christian band, uh, but basically you put on that facade and it's it's one of the things that you know it is who you are it's like um and 
and we always want to be liked. I mean, that's mm-hmm. at, at our core that we always want to be liked. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about that. And I think it was Jim Marone who said, you are pretty much the, you know, the five people that you, you surround yourself with. And I think in today's environment with, you know, with the pandemic and we're doing zoom, of course we're doing zoom because, you know, you're half a country away from me. Um, but it's become, I think, more of a challenge uh, with, you know, to build that sense of community, to build really deep relationships. Um, you know, I still have, when I was at Gateway many, many, many years ago, now that I think about it, um, I, you know, I'm st- I was in touch with two great friends. I've already lost one. Uh, Jay better not go anywhere. And if you're listening, Jay, don't, you're not going anywhere. Um and it's so it's but it's become tougher because I think we've got a whole generation that are heads down because we didn't see that freight train coming. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, social media is not it's not our friend for one. Uh, and I think it's interesting how some of the tech leaders, you know, create screen time, but heaven forbid we create screen time. No, I'm not going to go there today. Um, but so I think, you know, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, the conversation and, um, I know, I know where to find you. I've got all your, I've got your websites and everything, but where can the audience, where can my audience go to learn more about you? So these days I'm most active on LinkedIn. I say most active because I have taken a step back on social media. I am on all platforms. Um, but like email, you know, you can always email, connect through the website. I actually, on my website, if you share it, there's actually a link to connect with me either on WhatsApp or um, to actually schedule a call with me. And again, it's okay. another Zoom, but it's that's one step to the connection, right? Mm-hmm. Of just like, hey, I need, I, I, I'm feeling lost or hey, my kids are having a meltdown or I'm a single mom and how do you do it? I've been, I've been all of that. You know, I was a single mom for 15 years, even though I was married for a little bit of that. Like it, he was another child. <laughs> so yeah. like, I can relate to a lot of a lot of situations. Sure. Um, but, you know, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, like I said, other other social media platforms, I don't check them all the time because that's another boundary that I'm setting for myself mm-hmm. that it was it wasn't so much that it was taking my time. It was taking my focus. And then I was like, like, what is happening? Why am I even watching this? What am I doing? Like, I've got other better things that I could be doing. And as you can see, I love books, um, you know, and is so that with us behind you. No, I'm kidding. Yes, no, I can see that. Oh, that's actually <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and all my black and white books are over there because they didn't fit. <laughs> um, <and> yes, <laughs> nice. I'm very organized. I like I like things in order. Um, sure. And so, you know, it's just finding that those things that you like and instead of resisting it, this is this is just the way I am. Take it or leave it. And those are the people you got to have in your life. Like, okay, cool. Well, I either I like you or I don't. But either way, I'm still gonna be here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, I got kind of on a tangent. Oh, you're, no, it's all good. It's all good. So, <laughs> but yeah, definitely connect with me on any of those. So nice. Well, one of the one of the things before we land the plane, so to speak, since I am training or learning to be a pilot, which is kind of scary. Awesome. Um, so. You love books, which is great. I've you can't see all my books behind me, but I've got a bookshelf over here next to me as, as well. And um, 
what would be your top three books that you would recommend to our listeners? That's a hard question because it depends on what they're looking for. I just, just go with your gut. <laughs> what, what would you, what have been the most impactful to you? Um, oh my goodness. I would obviously say the midnight library because that was one that really like struck a chord in me and saying, oh my gosh, green lights, um, from Matthew McConaughey. Love that book. Oh, so good. So I recommend reading it because I have to, I, I like to read it, but then also listening to it because it's him. And so he, you, he can like, he, so you're reading it while you're listening to him, but like, so it's like watching a movie with him, but not really. Cause you can just visualize all these things. I don't know. So that, that's really cool for me to kind of do it. The nice. same. Yep. And then um, Viola Davis is one I just thought about. Um, Finding Me by Viola Davis. Okay. Um, she is an actress and she had a very, very hard life. It was a very hard book to read. But again, I listened to it while I was reading it because it was her narrating it. Okay. Um, and it just gives you a better sense of it and you're more present i feel like if you know if i'm reading it and i'm listening it's got my focus right can't really be doing much else um but that was a really inspirational book too that she turned her life around and i feel like maybe all all three of those books are they turned their life around you know matthew mcconaughey was this you know bongo playing weed smoking uh, you know all these things and now he's like this amazing motivational speaker and mm-hmm. you know change and and that's another thing that changing your life and changing your situation like there's always a there's you always have a choice you can either stay or you can change right um Very true. You can turn that into something amazing like being a motivational speaker or writing a book or you know doing the things that you thought you never could do well i think didn't he go without a movie for like or a script for like 18 or 24 months like while he was going through this or something yeah, I think he took a, I think he took a step back, but because um, he moved his family to Texas from Hollywood, if I remember right, yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. a talks about that in the book. That, that was a deal breaker for, I guess, producers or something. But, um, yeah. but you know, kudos. You're right. I mean, all the, it sounds like all you know the other two books I, I don't haven't read, but uh, definitely have read Matthew's book, and um, I do enjoy listening to him as well as turning the page. Uh, Yes, I've not I've not gotten into the e-reader thing yet. I just that's it, it's weird flipping pages on an iPad, but you know for yeah. some that works great. But uh, yeah, I can't so, do the e-reader, but I can listen. Yep, no, I'm doing it. But um, I thought it was really cool about Matthew McConaughey's story. Excuse me, my voice is starting to go. But was um, when he was in um, Days and Confused that that whole story if you don't know it i mean i think you can even find it online um that his all right all right all right wasn't in the script half of the lines weren't even in the script he was supposed to have like one line and they just loved him so much that he became a main character it's just like those are the kind of people i want to be around like give me some of that charisma give me some of that energy and you know because you can have a energy vampire or you can have somebody that like gives you life right and so Mm -hmm. it's really understanding that and the last thing i'll say about that is change is finding those people that are sucking your energy versus giving you energy um Mm -hmm. and and you know putting that line in the sand of saying you know okay you can be in my life for a little bit like you're a five minute conversation type of person 
or you're like a three week type of person I want to spend time with, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually met somebody, um, she's my best, a best friend of mine. She actually lives in Canada. We didn't meet for two years and we finally met in person. And when we told everybody, like, this is the first time we've actually met, people were there. No, there's no way. Like, there's no way that you just met because we're that close. <laughs> wow. Um, that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that goes to the power of connection, right? Mm-hmm. And just the power of being able to connect with somebody. And um, yeah, and so I, uh, you know, I greatly appreciate you for joining us today and from Battle to Business, but I'll give you the final word before we close out. Oh, thank you. Um, I guess just, I mean, anything is possible. <laughs> so I know that that's, you know, a saying, but anything is possible and you can do absolutely anything if you put your mind to it and you have the right absolutely. people. Even if you don't, you can still do it, but it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I love the book. Uh, Everything is figure outable. I'm reading that now and it's, it's interesting, but I would agree every, every, you know, it may take you a while to get there, but you know, pretty much anything is, is possible. And so really appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much. And I uh, wish you the best. And yes, we will definitely include your website in the show notes. And so folks can connect with you and you can share your wisdom. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.